0: It is uh, 1105 Pinpoint Health Show is back and welcome pinpointhealth.ca and anytime one 855 55 Lou D-R-L-O-U the number has not changed but the uh, social media sure has in fact Dr. Lou your 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 social media guy is like literally walking behind Favorite, you setting it. stuff up look at this like Hollywood in here Adam nice. is amazing yes he's, this he's a good boy <laughs> don't get the camera on me man keep it off of me yeah we don't need John on
1: here the way these
0: studio he lights a face beam off radio. my noggin
1: <laughs> What's going on, buddy?
0: Not much. You good, man? I'm all right. Good. Good to be back. What's uh, what's cooking?
1: Lots of stuff. Good. Um, lots of initiatives that we always keep going on with at the clinic. We're working on some. Uh Big items for the new year cool. um, with some specialized uh, services. We'll talk about that in the new year when when it's time to do so. Uh, but as always, you know, I mean, this hour is live, so we're happy to take calls on anybody's uh, pain, injury, yep. questions, whatever it is. Uh, happy to answer any questions about health care. Um, that's what we're here for. That's how it also works after the show, right? Just give me a call at the one 855 55 five Dr. Lou number, um, and then we can have a, a quick conversation about whatever the item is and you know help you out in terms of pointing you in the right direction. There's times where you might have to come in, see me for an assessment. I obviously can't provide a diagnosis over the phone yep. or over the radio, um, but I can definitely start to point you in the right direction. There's also been times when people have even called on the show and you just tell them that they're either doing the right thing or maybe they have to go back and see their family doctor. Maybe it's something out of the scope of what we deal with at at Pinpoint Health, uh, but definitely I'm happy to have a conversation with anybody in terms of what um, my knowledge is and where I might be able to help out uh, with the things that they got going on for sure.
0: Again, always a, a live show here. eleven oh seven four one six eight seven oh sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. And I know we we uh, we often talk about this off air, and it's it's obviously not just great for you, but it's great for everybody out there who's uh, requiring that type of healthcare is over the next several years pinpoint health is going to be such a major player and this is really great yeah. for what you offer. Right, yeah. you're, expe- you're, you're going to be gray in like two years. You're so busy, but that's okay. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to benefit everybody, right?
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, we're, we're really trying to drive an initiative here. We're yep. trying to really grow quickly. Um, as I've said hundreds of times on the show, I think there's a much better way to do this, to do the pain and injury management. And that's really what we're working towards. In fact, we have Paco here who, who does work with us on the physician engagement side. He probably doesn't want to say too much, but we were having a meeting where we're, we're even working on research on adherence, right? So the example being is people are often referred for a lot of different services, but they don't follow through with those services. And we want to try to start collecting data on what the real numbers are and then in terms of what can we be doing to change that because again it just comes down to prognosis if you've been recommended to do something and you're not following through with it then you're never going to get better and then it's no surprise that these things go on and on forever i was um i was giving a, a continuing education uh course this week to a group of family doctors and we were talking about how to best manage low back pain and family practices and you know we've gone through this Quite a few times in terms of the waste that happens, uh, but what a lot of the physicians were, were relaying back to me is that people often don't want to do the stuff that they're being recommended to do, and so so the classic example is you go in, you have a new onset of low back pain, you go see your family doctor. Your family doctor's job is really to make sure that this is that this is not something other than mechanical back pain, right? right? And, and that's what they're really there for in terms of if they determine this might be a referral from a certain organ or this might be something more serious, that's their job to start investigating. But we've, we know that 95% of these types of issues are mechanical issues, which means it's related to the muscles, to the joints. Something is happening mechanically that's causing the slow back pain. And so those people really most of the times in terms of best management from an initial perspective need the physical therapy, the chiropractic, the massage therapy, those things. So the doctor will then recommend, okay, I'm referring you to a clinic and, you know, go get this care. And there's so many reasons why people don't follow through with that. And, you know, one of the big and there's some reasons that we can't control. But one of the reasons that I think that we really need to tackle is that when people just don't want to do it. Right. And so the problem is, this person doesn't do those initiatives. They think just doing nothing will probably make them better. So they spend the next two, three, four weeks not doing anything, getting worse and worse and worse. They go back to the family doctor, say, I'm not getting any better. The doctor says, Okay, well, have you gone for what I suggested? No, but now it seems so much worse. Okay, fine. Let's send you for an X ray, an ultrasound. Just wasted Just snowballs money. Snowballs yeah. right? Okay, let's send you for an MRI. Wasted money. Let's send you to a spine surgeon. Maybe it's surgical. No, most of the time... You don't need any of those things. The algorithms on this stuff and the research around it is very, very clear. It's not something that is consistently needed. Low-level imaging, like x-ray, often doesn't provide any benefit in the beginning. It it might help if you're thinking there's a fracture of the spine. Mm-hmm. It'll be very good. But if, if this is something you're feeling low back pain in the absence of trauma, which means nothing really happened, you just woke up and there's no red flags. Red flags are things like... Severe unexplained night pain, uh, maybe weight loss that's unexplained, severe night sweats, um, other weird symptoms, fevers, control can't lose control. Oh, losing controls! Yeah, yeah, losing control of bowel bladder function is, is is a very bad red flag. But if there's an absence of these types of things, which most of the times these things never occur, then what we're dealing with is mechanical issues and. You know, you send somebody, the problem too with imaging is a radiologist's job when they look at an image is to tell you everything that's there. So you start reading through these images, and all of these things sound very scary, right? There's osteophytic formation at L4, L5. Yeah. There's arthrosis Neophites of the that That's not, not all a real thing, this, but it sounds like it could be. Silliness, it's <laughs> lupus. It's <got> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's lupus. <laughs> is it lupus? Yeah. Is it lupus, yeah. right?
1: So there's, lupus is a serious thing, but yeah. all of these other things, these findings, osteophytes, facet arthrosis, yeah. um, antralistesis, there's a lot of big terms that... When you go there, and this is what the physicians, the family doctors were asking me they're like, how significant are these findings? They're not. The word is, but that's it, the, right? Yeah, yeah, it just sounds like a bad yeah. word. And then and then when you take all of those words and you clump it together, what do you call it? Degenerative disc disease. It's done. Like, it's a disease. That yeah. does not sound good, but it's nothing. Right. It's really not that bad.
0: Just getting warmed up. Uh, phone calls, yeah, they're open for you. you have health concerns of your own, that's, uh, that's why we're here for the hour. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cell. Bring it on. Pinpoint Health Show on Global News Radio. You bet it is uh, almost 11.15 on your Saturday morning. The, uh, the number's right, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Uh, your health concerns, bring them on. That's why we're here live on Saturday, pinpointhealth.ca and on social as well. I keep saying this, man, every week, but all the stuff you guys are putting up on social with uh, Instagram and Facebook, the videos... I mean, I know a lot of this stuff from talking to you and doing this show for past you know, three years, but it's so interesting to, to have a visual to go along with the explanation, right?
1: Really good work. Yeah. Really yeah, good work. Yeah. And I got to thank my team for sure with that. Um, specifically, Adam Wade up in our New Market Clinic, our clinic director there, uh, Dr. Wade. He's been amazing with videos that he's making, yep. and he's going to be working on new ones. Um, and that stuff has been a tremendous help for sure. Um, so, yeah. And Adam, our social media guy who's here with us from the Reach Agency. Um, has done a tremendous job really helping. I'm not good at this stuff like that. I hear Flat out, I'm being very, very honest. I've, I'm not good with that. So definitely we, we required the help, but I think it's an important thing. I think if you're listening to the show, you should follow us. You can either follow my personal accounts. Dr. Lou or follow Pinpoint Health, or follow both, and you'll get a bit of different content from both. But I think uh, I think it's all very good content, and it's it's a benefit to you. Yep. So so by all means, feel free to reach out via social as well.
0: Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Deb, thanks for hanging on. Good morning. How are you?
2: <laughs> I had better days. Sir. Okay. How are you?
0: Good. Tell us about it. What's up?
2: Okay, Um having problems with bone marrow extraction as well as a part of the bone. Uh, suspected to have lymphoma. i mm. uh, been through the symptoms uh, since, quite frankly, I was born from autoimmune disease that is undiagnosed. Um, I have been through seven, 27 specialists, mm. um, and a year ago I had a massive piece of bone removed uh, just from my pelvis hip. Mm-hmm. And when they extracted uh, the um, uh, marrow, none of it was any good. Now, when I say none of it was any good, it wasn't. They know there's something major. Um, and this is a hematologist. It was linked with an oncologist up in uh, South Lake, which is in uh, Newmar Newmarket. Too. Yep. But I'm having a terrible time here. I was born what they call a bubble kit Um, I was allergic to everything Slowly but surely, my mom introduced me to everything
3: Mm.
2: And as a result, I very rarely, if ever, get ill or react Now, it seems as though I've had either non-Hodgkin's or a Hodgkin's fall in place while I've been growing and I've not known about it other than swollen lymph nodes pre and post and during pubescence okay now I had Dr. Wong, which was Elizabeth if you remember Elizabeth Lou that little uh, beautiful Asian Chinese girl no. did blood way back in the day um and Joseph Wong of downtown village by the Grange who takes care of the elderly Asian community he actually uh, started the database on uh, Asian blood types because she needed that for the bone marrow transplant now for me um, it's literal flux um, white panel is always up has been up since I was 14 46 years old right now um, I have recovered from a very serious stenosis, gone through the surgery um, in 08 and um, lost over 300 pounds from sitting in a wheelchair uh, to becoming 127 pounds at almost 6 feet of lean muscle and then boom I crash and no matter what panel they do and I've been to 27 specialists on my own. Don't ask. Hmm. But I do not know where to find the bone marrow. And if I could suggest something,
1: just... I don't know. So, so, okay, number one, there's a lot of stuff going on, and I'm sorry to hear about everything that's been happening. So is your question essentially is what, in terms of... Where w- find the bone marrow. Well, I mean... Well,
2: i be able to find that's usually the best spot
1: well they, they often try to use the, the the hip area so either from the the femur or the ilium in order to get those samples that's also where a lot of these cells are produced in these bigger bones um so i mean that's i would imagine that's where they used it um in terms of a diagnosis it sounds you like you've done a lot of the conventional things for diagnosis i think a new area that is very up and coming, and the research around it is incredibly interesting for figuring out um, a diagnosis from a root cause perspective. Is genetic testing. Well,
2: uh, um, actually, it's funny you should say that. I've had genetic testing, and I'm looking, from my research, I'm looking at a pro, for lack of better words, a broken X chromosome. Okay. Um, that could be possible. Um, Yet there are so many Like I lived in Africa for a number of years I'm Etc, etc I was born in the UK Came here Um, I got very, very, very ill with Dr. Joseph Wall And where he gave me three weeks to live Within two weeks There was almost no sign of illness in my body okay so this is what's happening I am now on blood transfusion and I'm desperate
1: yeah so again this is this is a very complicated case with a lot of comorbidities going going. <laughs> On here, also not my specialty, not what Pinpoint Health deals with, but I think this is an example where there's a lot of things going on, and there's new technologies to help with this stuff. The genetic testing is very, very important. Give me a call; there might be better genetic testing that we can do um, through different labs, Um, and and I can point you in that direction. But not something that I'll be personally dealing with. But definitely, give me a call.
0: Dad, appreciate your time. That number one eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou D R L O U again one eight five 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 five. D-R-L-O-U, reach out uh, for you as well. Plenty of time, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. you got health concerns, that's why we're here. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. It is 1124, Pinpoint Health Show, uh, PinpointHealth.ca, help at Pinpoint, or info at PinpointHealth.ca to reach out through email, phone number, uh, write it down, one 855 55 Lou. D-R-L-O-U, but bring them on here. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell.
1: Yeah, going back to, because we were running out of time for Deb, who's probably still listening. Um, again, this is not Pinpoint Health and myself. We don't deal with these types of issues. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm happy to sort of give you some some advice on on things that could be done. But definitely look into genetic testing. And then once you can find sort of any genetic issue, there's also places and companies which again give me a call and I can and I can uh, refer you off to them that will sort of help to tailor some treatment towards mm-hmm. those things. A lot of these times, these very very complicated cases, we're starting to figure out that this genetic testing actually starts to look at the root cause. Like there might just be something in the genome that is creating this that wow. is not that is very difficult to diagnose with the other conventional things that we have right now. Um, so that would be my advice for Deb is to to focus on on that potentially and continue working with the professionals that she's currently been working with. This is Obviously, a very complicated case, um, and there probably won't be an easy answer, just based on, on on the very little that I heard. But yeah, good luck with that, Deb. It's it's the research
0: keeps and even in, in the fields that that you cover. It's it's always growing. It's always it's yeah. Always there's always better, new right? things
1: that are that are happening, and in fact, the fact that we bring that up, it's interesting because in in certain professions, uh, in healthcare there are certain members of those professions that don't want to advance. Okay. Okay. And I'm tippy around what I'm trying to say because I got to be careful with what I say. But I think, I think, and this isn't towards the professionals, this is more for the public that listen to the show. I think when you're working with professionals and you're going to see a healthcare professional, it's to your advantage to work with people that are always looking for what the newest things available Mm -hmm. to us are. And if you've got someone and it feels like they're still focusing on some archaic thing that just because it started that way, it should stay that way. That's the wrong approach. Okay. There's definitely a progression. There's definitely new information that we have. Um, and, and healthcare is always advancing. And, and, I mean, be careful. That doesn't mean every single thing out there that's new works. That's why evidence is important. That's why scientific evidence is very, very important. At looking at, you know, what may work for one person. We need to do the right types of trials on it to see if it works as a population, the right. uh, majority of the population, so that we can make it a recommendation. But, you know, we can't recommend something because and say that it's scientifically proven because it worked for one person or a group of a few people. There's ways to look at scientific evidence, and there's better research methods than 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 others. Um, and so some of the best research, and my goal always with this show, is to inform people on what the best evidence is based evidence-informed approaches, which is a combination of scientific evidence, scientific literature, clinician experience. So I don't take into consideration just my experience. I take into consideration the experience of everybody in my team that I speak with every day that we work on cases together. And then also what the patient wants. That's a very important component of evidence-informed practice that you need to be working within the realm of what the patient would like to do, um, and i think that process of evidence informed healthcare is very very important and and i don't think people should be fooled by mm-hmm. things that are not working in that evidence informed uh, paradigm i think it's very important for safety um, it's very important just for efficacy in terms of getting the right things. So I encourage everybody always make sure that whatever it is that you're getting, uh, you're, you're you're looking for what the scientific evidence is. And you know, yeah, if Google Med School is never a good thing, like we always say, right? You got to be really careful. No, and that might be part of the evidence-informed practice. Like right. you can find very good research articles on Google, but there's a difference between proper scientific research and you know just a book that's been written by somebody that. There, you have to always consider what are the inherent biases. So you meet a lot of people that may have read a certain book and say that this is my ideology or I've watched this documentary, and so that's my ideology, I just follow that because you have to sometimes step back and understand that those things have a bias. Mm-hmm. Obviously this person is trying to sell this book, they're either trying to sell this documentary, scientific evidence is something that is peer-reviewed. What that means is when we look at scientific evidence and we look at something, you publish it so that someone else can go do that similar research and see if you can keep finding the same findings. Or at least try to disprove it. Or try to disprove it. And and That's the goal. Yeah, and that's the goal. And if you can't, then that starts to support the evidence where you could say, okay, well, we continue to try. And then you can get into things like meta-analyses or systematic reviews, which look at all of the research that's ever been done on a certain topic and summarize it to say, okay, based on everything that we know, every piece of scientific literature on this specific item, we've been able to look at it and come up with the following. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those things, so we when I was presenting this week to the group of family doctors going back to low back pain, yep. one of a big meta-analysis that was done was looking at what are the things that are supported by research for low back pain treatment and what are the things that are not supported by a That's lot of research. And it's very surprising because there's things like, for example, we've talked about this, education, reassurance, and uh, um, and knowledge are always supported by research to help with low back pain. So okay. if people can have education on their issue, they can be reassured about it, and they can learn to what to do and what not to do. Very, very That's good, good research around that. Exercise, rehabilitation, a strong core. Mm-hmm. Great, great research for that. Things like spinal manipulation and soft tissue therapies. Good research, especially in the acute phases. A little bit, it's still subacute, a little bit in the early chronic stages, but into the long chronic stages, so more than a year, more than a year and a half. Not very good research for it. Some things like passive modalities, like TENS machines uh, or uh, ultrasound, almost no research to support those interventions. Really? Yes. Muscle relaxants, gabapentin, not a lot of research. Really? NSAIDs non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and and things like Tylenol so Tylenol is not an NSAID but Tylenol it's class of medication and other NSAIDs there is some support for that in the early stages so this is important that we consider what are the best treatment options from a scientific standpoint.
0: We'll, uh, we'll take a short one. Lots of time for you to call in here at 1131. It is uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. It's 1133, Pinpoint Health Show. You'll want to reach out uh, when we're not on the air as well, one 855 55 D-R-L-O-U, and pinpointhealth.ca. Uh, get to it, man. If you have any uh, questions outside of the show, you want to see Dr. Lou, a member of his uh, amazing team, as they continue to spread out and grow, please contact and get in touch. But for the remainder of this show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You know, before the break, we were talking about research and, and, and scientific-based stuff. And it, it's really... And I know you you learned this way in college and, and university when you came through the medical uh, medical uh, field. But it's and you still do it. You still do a ton of research. You want science. You have based to be. Up- you yeah. have to
1: be up to date with that stuff for sure. That's very important. And I always try to look at what are the new things that are coming out new and and I and I and I try to always be critical. Right, like I sit there and I don't just accept something. I really want to see both sides and start to understand scientific. Yeah, you, exactly. You have to be purely objective about it. And a lot of the problems is sometimes people are not objective about it because it benefits a certain interest of theirs. Okay. That's why Pinpoint Health, that's why I, I really love what I've built because I don't have to try to just look for favorable scientific evidence for just one thing. There's so many different professionals, so many different interventions that what we try to do is match up the right professional or inter- intervention with the right diagnosis based on research evidence and then there's no bias for me to say well you should go see this person or you should do this like i'm not saying that everybody responds to the same intervention what i'm saying is that depending on what's going on you'll likely respond to a different intervention but we can house it all under one corporate structure to get you what you need and that's a very very important thing um and just like again when we think about dogma right like just accepted beliefs that maybe so one of the things and we were just talking about this and and this is an example because i'm not a cardiologist so i'm not recommending this stuff and i'm not telling you that if you are taking aspirin that you should stop this is more of a conversation but one of the things that um from a dogma perspective that's been happening for a long time is a lot of people that are screened to be at risk factors for cardiovascular events like heart attack or stroke uh, based on family history other things are often told to take a baby aspirin, Daily as, a per- aspirin. Yeah, as a yeah as a preventative measure there's actually been some recent research to suggest that it might help if you've already had a cardiovascular event and survived so whether you've had a stroke or a heart attack, and then you take it as a preventative measure. There's some evidence there, but there's not very good evidence to suggest that if you haven't had those events, that it creates that prevention. So again, this is not me saying, I'm only using this example because it's probably very easy for people to relate to. People also know that this is like almost standard knowledge. A lot of people know about this type of uh, um, preventative idea. But I think it's important to challenge dogma. Things that are just have been accepted for so long with new scientific evidence. Because yeah, if we're starting to get the new scientific evidence, then why not intervene in a much better way, right? Um, And I think that's important. And then there's so and research isn't just done on efficacy of treatment; it's done from a management standpoint. We started the show talking about um, the indications for imaging. Mm -hmm. There's also research about when. Imaging should happen, and those things should be followed. And if they're not followed, all we're doing is spending recklessly in our publicly funded system. That creates higher taxes. It creates, you know, big inefficiencies. You bet. Uh, or sorry, deficiencies within the system, uh, and and it just creates a massive problem. So I think it's very very important that when people listen to the show and they listen to me, um, that they that they really start to digest this idea of best scientific evidence and best practices. It's very, very important. And and I want you all to find that place and find that professional that can help you with that. Doesn't need to be Pinpoint Health. I don't care, there's a lot of good places out there. But just make sure that you're getting the right type of care, and that you're getting the most up-to-date, evidence-informed care. You
0: know, it's funny. I heard—I think it was a clinician one time—said, "You know, that's why after all these decades, it's still called the theory of evolution. It's still <laughs> a theory. You know, we all believe it. That's how it happened. Yeah. But science still calls it a theory of evolution. Yeah, and, and there's, not, you know,
1: yeah, in the, in the scientific world, the way things work is theories and law. Like laws are things that are proven. Right. Which you once it's a law, it's like all of the scientific evidence suggest, like gravity. Yep. The ball in the ground. You're, yeah, it's like that always always <laughs> yeah. happens. Then there's a lot of things that are based on theories, and some theories are stronger than other theories, right? right? So there might be a ton of scientific evidence to support something, um, and but yet there's maybe some evidence that doesn't fully support it. And there's also, I mean, science has its limitations because not everything can be tested within that paradigm, right? Because the idea of, let's take for example. Um, Spinal manipulation, so like a a manipulation by a chiropractor. It's a harder thing to scientifically test because some of the best research is what we would call double-blinded, randomized, controlled um, studies. What that means, the the term double-blinded means that neither the person doing the intervention or receiving the intervention knows. So the example is if we take a pill, which it's much easier to do with a pill. Let's say we have a medication that we're testing for whatever, for cholesterol. Sure. The clinician doesn't need to know whether that's the real pill that they're testing or a sugar pill, and neither does the patient. So they just take it, Mm -hmm. and nobody knows what's happening. So because you don't know, it eliminates that bias of trying to uh, – right? With manipulation, how do you ever give somebody a manipulation – Without them knowing, because they're manipulating them. They're, yeah, and how does the doctor not know what they're doing? They right. obviously would know. So, so that sham idea, which is what's like the sham or the placebo, mm-hmm. is harder in certain instances to, to 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 get. And that's why some interventions will say, "Well, there's not great scientific evidence." We say that because we there's these these studies don't exist. But the reality is, some things can't be tested that way. So yeah. there's even limitations sometimes within science. And it's important to take those things into consideration. That's why when you critically appraise research, it's not just about critically appraising the the final conclusion. It's also about criticizing the methods, the way it was done, who funded it. There's tons of things when it comes to like funding, like who's paying for the research, right? Right? Do they have an interest in seeing beneficial research being Mm -hmm. published versus not so beneficial research being published? So there's lots of things that go into critiquing, um, and that's what. People in the medical field, healthcare professionals, you're trained to do is properly critique. And that's why, you know, it's a dangerous thing when you meet people and they're just like, yeah, but I read this book and, you know, it's based on science. It's like, yeah, but that book is finding, it's a confirmation bias. They're looking for what they want to prove. Now, it might very well be the truth. I'm not suggesting that it's not, but don't just accept everything. Challenge it, look for the alternatives, see what's there, and then come up to your own decision based on an evidence informed practice. It's amazing what you said about the uh, you know, the daily
0: aspirin. And you mentioned, you know, it could be the fact that the evidence is there because the people who, who take the aspirin who are already had a heart problem, okay, maybe I should get my nutrition in order now, too.
1: Exactly. And there's a right. lot of confounding variables with right. that, for sure. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, I get to more. Lots of time for your phone calls. Bring them on, 416 870 6400 640 on sale. If you have any health concern, always want to get a Baseline answer. Get it started. Call through the uh, Pinpoint Health show right here, Global News Radio. It is eleven forty-two. Pinpoint Health show. Help at pinpointhealth.ca and one eight five. Damn it! <laughs> you got to change it to help because it makes more uh, sense. That's a good one. Change too. it. Yeah, right. That, that's actually
1: really smart. Yeah, info, not info? just the information. <laughs> yeah, but help is in- help is nice. You're a helpful guy. You you know what? I think you may have uh, you may have good changed, idea, and you were here for it. Yeah. You know what? We're gonna give you. You're our new marketing guy. Thanks, great.
0: <laughs> but uh, for now, for info now, yes. at pinpointhealth.ca yes. and 1 855 Dr. Lou. That number has not changed. Keep it, write it down. Uh, Glenn, thanks for hanging on, fella. How are you? Good morning. Not too bad, thanks. Good, pal. What's, uh, what's on your mind?
4: Yes, I'm just wondering will an ultrasound uh, show that you have tumors in your bladder?
1: Would an ultrasound? Well,. I mean, ultrasounds are are good initial diagnostic tests that I think might show if there's something abnormal showing up uh, in terms of then it would require probably more specialized imaging and then probably biopsy if anything was there. So, I mean, an ultrasound will start to pick things up, but I don't think you could confirm a diagnosis on, of, of something like that. You'd have to do further testing, but it could definitely start to point you in a certain direction. What about an X-ray? No no x-rays are very good for hard tissues like bones they're not good for soft tissue that's why x-ray is a gold standard like if we're worried about a fracture um you could do there are different x-rays that can be done with different types of dyes that you can look at the dye and those things but i think with something like that um and again i'm not a nephrologist or a urologist uh so this is definitely not my area of expertise but uh i think you know that type of the worry about of a of a tumor or something would be based more on probably, I think CT scans would be a much better diagnostic imaging tool, uh, followed by biopsy and obviously blood work. And, and you know, if there's clinical reasoning, or do you ask because you are concerned or is it just a, like a, an interest question?
4: It's uh, I had some blood in my urine, okay? Okay. And this is a few years ago and they gave me an ultrasound and it showed that I had some tumors in my bladder. Okay. So I went to the specialist, and the first thing they do is they do a psychoscopic procedure. Yep. And then uh, they tell you, oh, you've got tumors in your bladder. Then they do a surgery on you, and every three months they want you to come back and do a psychoscopic procedure again. And i am ended up now, I have to wear a, a urine bag. Okay. They have... It doesn't mean so much damage, it's just the uh, urine goes on the outside of the tube now because they chewed away at my uterus tube where it enters the bladder. They enlarged it such that... Uh,
1: so I guess my question is why do you ask? Like your 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 question was can an ultrasound show a tumor? What, is there like a back-end question? I'm confused. Obviously the answer based on just what you said is yes
4: had my I uh, had a uh, ultrasound done, and uh, the fellow that did the ultrasound said that uh, I didn't have any tumors on my bladder
1: but th- that's who the technician or the radiologist Technologi- the techn- well th- they they're not diagnosticians, so the radiologist has to comment on those things not not the technicians but
4: the biggest problem was that when I got the report back. Someone had put a block on the, uh, of the, uh, the, when I had the test done, it was supposed to be all my, uh, lower abdomen. It was supposed to be all, uh, x ray or ultrasound done on my, uh, bottom part, like on the, uh, abdomen, okay. Eh? Yep. And, uh, it came back. Somebody has blocked, blocked out, the doing the ultrasound on my bladder.
1: Hmm. Again, so I'm still confused. So what's, where are we going with this? Like, is there a question? What's?
4: Well, I'm just trying to get some information here because I'm getting railroaded because I've been doing this now for three years, going back and forth to the hospital and having an ultrasound, not an ultrasound, but a psychoscopic procedure, and then operations on the top of that. And uh, every time I went, and I got worse.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I can't comment on that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not involved in that. So I think that's a, a conversation you have to have with the doctors that you're seeing. Glenn, appreciate your time and
0: appreciate the call four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Plenty of time for uh, for you as well, David. Thanks for hanging on. Good morning. How are you? Hi, David.
3: Merry Christmas.
0: Yeah, you as well. What's uh, what's your uh, what's your question, my friend?
3: Okay, uh, twenty years ago. I had uh, surgery on my back. Uh, a technician, uh, nobody can find, could find the pain. Everybody said I was a liar. But this technician, he said, turn them a little bit. They turned me a little bit, and they found that the uh, disc had blown out towards my stomach. And uh, I've been in pain, uh, they gave me 20, uh, no, 10 years, sorry. They gave me 10 years of uh, pain-free, uh, I could do whatever I wanted. Uh, now the pain uh, is back again, and the doctor I'm seeing, uh, doesn't uh, like uh, uh, people with back problems. So my problem is, uh, where do I do I go find another doctor uh, that will help me, or uh, or should I just live with the pain? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, I think getting a second opinion is something. I think there's always more to these stories. You know, I'm hearing one-sided just from you. Um, so, I mean, if you're unhappy with the the information you're being given, I think a second opinion is, is always warranted uh, in terms of go back to your family doctor, get them to refer you to. So are you talking about a specific surgeon that doesn't want to help you? Uh,
3: that too. That too, uh, the surgeon that did the surgery said, uh, I have uh, a 50-50 chance uh, uh like um, walking.
1: Right. So, I mean, that's, you know, and here's the thing. I think I, one of the problems is that people sometimes don't want to understand the reality. And A surgeon's job is to give you their best advice and make sure that you have the best outcomes. You know, 50-50, you know, if you're willing to take that risk, but I mean, it's also, again, I don't know what your problem is, and so it's hard for me to comment accurately. Um, I think... What needs to happen is you need to look at what the problem is. Determine if surgery is the solution. Surgery may not be the solution in this instance. Maybe it was when you had it back then. Maybe it's not now. Maybe there's other things. Maybe there's nothing. I don't know. But I think you have to sort of consider all of these things. And it's difficult for me. And, and when you hear these types of conversations, because I'm only, I'm only seeing one side or I'm hearing one side of the story um, and, and, I think it's people often, like I get this a lot where people will call in and they're very pissed off and they, you know, everyone in, mm-hmm. everyone's horrible, everyone's doing the wrong things nobody's out there to get you okay people in healthcare are not there because they want to do the wrong things to you I think sometimes it's also about listening and not just listening but really understanding what someone is trying to say to you right I've had people that come in and I've told them oh you have low back pain here's what you should do you know you need to build up core strength you need to do this and then they sit at the other end of the of my office and they say so there's nothing I could do it's like well I mean, I guess you're not listening, right? Like, I just told you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just told you what you can do. So, I think the last two callers, I need to know more. Number one, I, I can't comment on whether someone's wrong or not wrong without without knowing the the intrinsics. But there's always two sides to every story. I think.
0: Yeah, reaching out by the way when the show is not on one eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou D R L O U and info at, Pinpoint Health. That's, yeah, I got it right that time. But for the remaining time here, give us a call. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. 11.54, a few minutes to go here on the Pinpoint Health Show. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. I want to thank you for your uh, your time of your day to call in and ask your questions. That's uh, that's why we're here. Frank, thanks for hanging on. Good morning. Well, thanks for taking me.
5: I, I got a big problem here. It's, uh, I hope this doctor can give me a little bit of uh, latitude. Um... I have what? Are you familiar with pruritus? Itching? Yes. Yep. Surface itching. Now I've had this for um, a number of years, and uh, it's, it's I'm I'm 73 years old now, and it's really bugging me. And and strangely enough, it happens. Print. I'm I. feel it more in the winter time, than I do in the summer. And I had all kinds of doctors tell me you got to get your humidity up, moisture. But I feel, doctor, that this is coming in from the out from the inside out. I get I get problems uh, overnight, and it's itching in every different part of my body, now even at the top of my head, and I feel it's coming from the inside out. What do you got to say about this?
1: Well, I mean, so there's a lot of things, number one. Um, it sounds like you've probably tried a lot of the conventional things. This might be like a low-level autoimmune thing. Um, I think mm-hmm. there's been, I've seen some cases of people that have had similar things that if you cut out a lot of, you're, you're probably right about the outside in. I think if you do things like eliminating wheat and grain products, dairy, have you ever tried like a very, you know, diet, like almost a keto diet, a lot lot more based on protein and vegetables and that's it, and eliminating uh, any type of wheat, grain, and dairy products? You
5: say know, that because I've been doing, I've been trying much my own. I just, I just, I just,
0: it's cutting out we're cutting out frank give it to us again you still there
5: yeah can you yeah. get me now that's go
0: better on. okay yeah go ahead yeah so, so you have starting, tried that or no
5: i i i'm starting to do that on my own i've been to hmm. doctors they're all saying the same thing that it, and I, I went to an allergist he, he just he take these pills to to, to uh alleviate the itching didn't, didn't see any allergy whatsoever so i'm really stuck on this now can i get back to you in your office or not
1: I mean, I, I don't deal with this stuff. I can set you yeah. up probably with one of our naturopaths, but I think well, trying that type of diet is probably um, a good thing.
5: So you say the wheat type. I always thought that was good for you.
1: Well, uh, not, not, for, uh, not for things that are autoimmune. The gluten protein and those things uh, might, might affect those things. So it's
5: very a, interesting.
1: a lot of these things are trial and error. So a lot of times it's about eliminating things from your diet, seeing if you feel better um i i know like an example is Jordan. i don't know if you know who jordan peterson is he's quite famous just eats meat he eats meat because he's yeah. he had autoimmune issues and and arthritic issues and uh, even his, his daughter, daughter i believe yeah, yeah and so they all they did was go on just meat products and they were able to control that. Now, I'm not recommending that for everyone. Right. There's probably a balance and there is a benefit to eating vegetables and things like that. But mm-hmm. th- I'm just saying with these types of things, if the conventional stuff hasn't worked and nothing clear is showing up on diagnostic testing, then it might be related to lifestyle and diet. And so modifying that diet to those types of things uh, could help.
5: Very interesting. You're, you're the first guy of many. brought <laughs> me uh, Gordon, is it Gordon or Jordan?
1: Uh, Jordan
0: Peterson that we spoke of. Yeah. What about him?
5: Yeah. I'm right. going to look that up, but yeah. I, 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 I'm going go I'm going to carry on down the road. You said, and I'm going to see what happens. Going okay. Again.
0: Yep. Thanks. Good so luck. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate that. And we will catch you next week on the Carrasco show. You will be calling it. I'm sure Frank's a good man. So I, uh, yeah, it's it's it, one thing he said before we go is it's, it, they're not out to hurt you. No. Right? Clinicians are not out to hurt you. They, no. they have no benefit no, no, from no, doing no. that.
1: You know, are there bad clinicians? Bad yeah, mechanics. bad. bad <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are there bad like bad bedside manner and things like that? Sure. But I I think you always how do I put this? It's not really. I'm never really concerned about the people that call and say this one person did something wrong. That can happen. Mm-hmm. That I I buy a lot more when someone says, "Oh, every single person I've ever seen." every single person in the healthcare industry is doing me wrong. Mm, Sounds like you might be the common denominator, and maybe Maybe. it's something, like, I don't think every single technician, every single nurse, every single doctor, every single receptionist, like, that for us is what we call a yellow flag. A yellow flag is when you identify in somebody that there might be some psychosocial issues going Mm -hmm. on. And I remember one of my clinicians said to me once, be careful of the person who comes to see you and says, I'm here to see you, but no one else has ever helped me. Because You ain't gonna be no different. That's a mindset. Yeah, that is a mindset. That's not just that everybody's out to do you wrong. It's a mindset and that needs to change.
0: Done for another day. You want to reach out 855 55 Dr. Lou D-R-L-O-U. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. We'll catch you next weekend right here on Global News Radio.